Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And hey. uh, sorry that so. we <laughs> sorry that we were gone for like weeks. We didn't die. It's been uh, a minute. It was it's a been bad twenty years. It's been twenty years since we've been <laughs> on the air. Not on the air. That's not how podcasts work. Um, on, on the cloud. Phone. Yeah, on the cloud. Um, yeah, no. Kyle and I both had wicked colds where we didn't think we could make it through one of these episodes without just hacking up a lung, which no one wants to listen to. Then my computer crashed. Uh, then I got the computer back, but my uh, sound equipment didn't work with the computer. So we, anyway, we finally and then Kyle's been busy. So anyway, it's just been a month. You know, it's just been one of those kind of months. We're back at it, though. We're going to try to stay on schedule from now on. <laughs> we'll Wait, see what you, happens. We'll try not to get a- colds. You missed a golden opportunity there to just blame it on the uh, global supply chain. Oh, crisis. sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, sorry. market forces, shipping containers, and Long Pacific. <laughs> Everything I said, it's all yeah, logistics and supply chain. Sorry, That's I was right. late because of the supply chain. The, it's Suez effect- Canal. You know, it's affecting podcasts now. That's really yep. incredible. Yeah, I really did miss an opportunity there. So uh, anyway, we're back. We're glad that you're here, and uh, obviously, if you like the show. Subscribe and give us a, a rating. Do hey, it. G- <laughs> hey, guys, do you suppose that that's uh, where all our five-star reviews are? Just hanging out in They're the Pacific? They're hanging out in a shipping Waiting to come in? Yep. Somewhere between Hawaii and uh, Long Beach, California, yeah. That's yeah. exactly where they're at. Yep. that's this all. It all makes a lot more sense now. They're coming. Um, yeah, you, they're could, coming. you could probably make the podcast if you gave us a one-star, though. That would probably be, we'd probably talk about that. We probably Don't do would. It. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare. Hold on, now you're giving people ideas. <laughs> Um, okay, anyway, today we are doing the 2005 album from Death Cab for Cutie entitled Plans, and uh, Chris is going to tell us about this album, maybe. Boy, am I. Death Cab for Cutie, Ben Gibbard, Nick Harmer, Chris Walla, and our favorite drummer, Jason McGurr. We love Jason McGurr. Remember how much we talked about McGurr? Oh, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, the, okay. one of the better rhythm sections in rock oh, and roll. Yeah, yeah, amen. Um absolutely wonderful album was released august 30th 2005 about 16 years ago just over 16 years ago um this was actually their first major label debut on atlantic records i think see i'm i always thought the transatlanticism was like co-released by a by a major but I, i guess not i think i think it was um they were all all on their um indie label um, Beats they were me. on before. Yeah. Um, they recorded it across the period of a month at a rural farmhouse in North Brookfield, Massachusetts. Um, apparently the only thing open in town was a liquor store and like a gaming or costume shop. So, um, you know, Ben talks about being so bored that they went and bought like night costumes for everybody and goofed off a little, which like sounded like quasi blink 182 ish to me. I was like, I can't imagine you guys having fun. Yeah. At all. <laughs> I was going to say, you can <laughs> really hear the joy in the tracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really bounces off the tape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> but That's Chris so Wall, good. of course, you know, for that month was working 12 hours a day and didn't even leave the property. So, uh, it, He's really talking more about the band members that were, were having having fun while uh, Walla mixed, produced, um, and tracked the record. Um, it's a lot of work. And, yeah, it's a lot of work. And, you know, he actually talked about how he really didn't want to tour anymore um, after all the intense touring they did with Translanticism. He said four years ago he would have been happy to never play another show. Um, but he's kind of 
as he's making this record, he kind of starts to get excited about playing these shows live again. So this record kind of spurs another uh, round of touring um, um, for him. And um, uh, you know, Gibber wrote most of these songs too um, in an office he rented. It was actually an old apartment he rented in downtown Seattle where you could see the Space Needle and mountains. Um, so it, 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 it's interesting cause I, you know, these guys are pretty close friends and they live in Seattle together, but I guess it's still always a surprise when they get to the studio, you know, Gibbard kind of presents his songs to Walla and they, you know, kind of work them out and bang them out together. Almost like Walla is, you know, a legit producer. I mean, of course he's legit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, but that's he how really, he didn't work on the songs with him up to the making of the actual album. Right. Which I think is why it works for them. I mean, I always joke about how you shouldn't self band self-producing their own albums as a, just a terrible, terrible idea. I think they're an exception to that. I mean, I do think that eventually it got to a point where they needed to not, I mean, I still think yep. you shouldn't work with any producer, like for more than three albums, probably <laughs> that's kind of a good limit. And even so, if it's working perfectly, even yeah. with them. Yeah. It's, it's nice to change it up, but yeah, for these few records in a row i mean gosh they're uh they're really good and so that that makes sense i didn't i've not heard that before yeah um and then um you know, the other thing worth mentioning i think is plans is named after ben gibbard's favorite joke i'm doing air quotes how do you make a <laughs> how do you make god laugh make a plan i was like is that really a joke um it's oh. not funny <laughs> he really is <laughs> He really might be joyless. Yeah. Like it really yeah. might be. That's his favorite joke. Hey guys, Kyle just told joke. me a better joke <laughs> before we started recording this. An actual joke. An yes. actual joke. Uh, uh, to be to be fair to Ben, I, I kind of flubbed one before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but it was a joke in the end, though. It, well, yeah, I still, joke. It be, I still it laughed at the end of it. Joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, three singles, Soul Me's Body was first out of the gate, then the upbeat Crooked Teeth, and then the downbeat I Will Follow You Into the Dark with the three singles. Album went platinum about three years after its release. Um, it, it was a pretty monstrous record. Great, great out of the gate um, performance for them on, on their first major label debut. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, they, they, they got back out on the road. They got excited about being in a band again. Um and you know, in an interview with Rolling Stone, they even joked about um, how they being on a major label hadn't really changed them. Um, you know, their label worked with Fat Joe, who had like a three hundred thousand dollar crystal budget, and they were like, "Oh wow, someone gave us a bottle of vodka." <laughs> right. So, I of all yeah, you know, of all the jokes we make about them being so um, somber, um, it, 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 they're also very humble guys, which I think kept their music great for so long. Well, and I'm sure they're also just what would crystal do for them? You have to have fun to enjoy crystal. Right. so <laughs> maybe they, perhaps they could buy some more nighttime costumes. And yeah, and no, no, I guess Cristal. you could drink crystal in a night costume. That would be hey, fun. I don't remember. What's the, what was the, how successful was transatlanticism? Ooh. Um, I bet a little, a bit, uh, maybe about the same as this. I don't know. Chris is going to look yeah. that up. Yeah. I uh, while Chris looks that up, Kyle, do you want to talk about your first impression of the album? We've obviously done. Well, did we, we did, get through your notes, Chris? We got oh, through all of them. I'm done. Okay. He's done. Yeah. Uh, we obviously did Transatlanticism uh, a while back, and so it's obviously not our introduction to the band, but uh, Kyle, thoughts on the record? I mean, first it's, impressions. 
it's excellent. Ben Gibbard is is gifted. Um yeah. and I I will say even now, I think at the end of the transatlanticism record, I said that uh plans is my favorite record. Spoilers. Um and yeah. but I I do miss a little bit of the rock from transatlanticism, but I still think that this is a better record. But I mean, that's me being super picky. Like I wish that it, it had a little bit more of a rock edge to it. Uh, cause the way that transatlanticism opens up, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Um, like a little bit of that element, I'm, you know, would make me just like in heaven. Uh, but dude, it's, it's a great record. He's a, he's a great songwriter. What a rhythm section. Um, yeah. Excellent. Liked it from the start. Chris, what about, what about you? First impressions of, uh, this album. You know, I didn't, I, I, I was kind of sleeping on this one when it came out. I wasn't a huge death cab fan. I mean, I liked the band, but, um, uh, my sister put, uh, marching bands of Manhattan on a mixtape. Me and my sister used to make each other mixtapes and she put that song on a mixtape and I was, um, just like flabbergasted that how great of a song it was. Um, we'll talk more about that song later, obviously, but then, you know, maybe buy the record and yeah, it's been a staple in my record collection ever since. It's definitely my favorite death cab album, uh, spoiler alert for the question you asked later. Um, and I, I don't know, man, it's just, a, it's a perfect, perfectly crafted record. I think, you know, it, it's just really fun to listen to and I could still listen to it front to back to this day. So, you know, my first impression was it was excellent. Uh, by the way, Translanticism, uh, goldish at, at, by, by this time. Goldish. Okay. By, by about, by, sorry, by about 2008, it was gold. It, it had gone gold. Um, so, you know, kind of creep up as the band got more famous. Right. But uh, at the time it came out, it was around 200,000. I think like sales went when it was uh, first out. Good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm about in the same boat as you guys. Uh, I really liked it at the gate. I mean, it is definitely a chiller record, but yeah. it was, that was, that was what I wanted in 2005 for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I just remember we were on the road quite a bit that year, Chris, and I, this was in my headphones all the time while it's driving. The, it was the night driving record, oh, dude. Such, Absolutely. That's exa- I mean, it's such a good <laughs> Does night it take you guys record. right back there? Right like, back, I'm yes. like in a van when I, I'm in the, yeah. Every time yeah. I'm driving at two in the morning in Utah or something, uh, it just, it reminds me of that so much because I just wore it out in my headphones because we didn't have, this is like 2005. Our van is not cool enough to have an ox jack or any sort of way to connect a uh, an iPod. It's not a <laughs> that phone weird at gap that point. where where everything had yeah, a CD and that's it. <laughs> right, and so if you didn't have the CD, you couldn't. We didn't. It didn't even have the tape thing. There was a gap there, and so it's like you. If we had a CD, we could play it in the whole van. If not, you were rocking headphones. Um, and so often driving at night rocking my in ear monitors with uh, this is one of the records. I mean, there's probably like. There's probably like six records that are just stamped like into my brain from that feel like that remind me of driving in that period of time. And most of them are from like 2005, 2006. So it's definitely one of them really liked it. And it just fit that mood really well of something I was doing a lot of at the time. (laughs) So uh, it worked well. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, let's just jump right into the uh, track by track stuff then, and uh, do it and talk about these. So, uh, track one, "Marching Bands of Manhattan," which Chris mentioned. Me 
All right, Chris, we know it was the song that nabbed you, so uh, let's go with you first. I, the beginning is so epic. It's you know, like Death Cab's swing, swing, you know, the organ with the four chords, and but then Ben kind of coming in on that swell and, you know, the imagery about New York, and then that clip you played, great choice, by the way. I try. Um, uh, a faucet that leaks, but there's comfort in the sound. Like, I, I don't know, just the imagery of that. Like, you can... Dude. Um, I don't, it's kind of hard for me to speak about this song because I'm not sure what to say. It's, it's a perfect song. It's, um, absolutely beautiful and, um, definitely like one of my go to just feel like in any mood. I'm like, I want to listen to this song. <laughs> I feel like it just, it pops up, uh, for me wanting to hear it all the time. Uh, it's a great song. Kyle. I mean, I really don't have much to add. The build, which, which you captured is wonderful. Um, and that line, uh, just like a faucet that leaks and there's comfort in the sound, man, what a freaking, what a freaking good songwriter. Um, that dude can get lost and I don't know. Yeah. He was already, he was already really good, but I feel like he, this is a a better, this is a different level at least for like painting a picture that like, he's always been a good lyricist, but like, I feel like on this album, he really like, it's not. It's not even, <clears throat> um, I mean, he's not ever very abstract. Like he's pretty literal in the sense that like, it's not, you know what the song's about with him. Yep. It's not, it's, it's not clear like, narrative. Yeah. It's a pretty clear narrative. And but he's just, he does such a good job on this album of whatever, making me picture literally New York or feel kind of New York. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then, yeah, that line, such a good line. And it's just, it that's peppered throughout the whole record for me. And so this is just a good, again, we always talk about like a good opening track and this is kind of great opening track, great feeling of an opening track. And also just like kind of sets the mood for, Hey, and it's not, even the stuff that's not depressing has this depressing feel to it. Does yeah. that sound weird? They find um, a way to work it in. Yeah, they figure out a way it's to get cool. it in there. And it's not like he's being overly negative or something no. like that. Like, I don't even think it's just uh, he has a really good way of making you uh, picture something. Whereas like someone else would have to be, be more pathetic with the lyrics <laughs> to right. make me feel sorry for him or something. But this is uh, he just so good with just like a turn of a phrase or something. And uh yeah. But it's also more direct on this record and linear than it was on Translaticism. He's kind of mature, you know, obviously mature, like by a few years. But yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's good stuff. Um, let's go to track two, Soul Meets Body. I set my thoughts to far off destinations So they may have a chance of finding part is so simple and it's so good <laughs> and i think that's the other thing that impresses me so much about first of all this track i mean well i i won't say everything about this track but like it's such a good second track and i just think they do a phenomenal job on like that part it's just the drums one acoustic and one vocal it doesn't even sound like they stacked the vocal and i don't know i just feel like that's a bold 
uh, they're really good at going like this doesn't need anything else like this works yeah. um and not overcomplicating stuff i love it kyle um it's great it is probably the most simple song on the record it's also i think maybe the most postal service song on the record that's a good point yeah um really good also there was a note from the last song that i didn't say i want to go back to it real quick you can please Um, please do the the cool part the cool one of the cool things about that opening track is i remember listening to it for the first time it's like it takes a long time to get into the hook but you don't feel like you're missing the hook up until that point you know what i mean so sorry backtracking but yeah that's fine that's a that is a good point um he does that a few times on this record yeah yeah uh but um but yeah this song to me is like maybe the the closest to postal service it's it's definitely like the most simple it's the most simple baseline i think on the whole record i don't think it's the most simple i think um uh you can go with the last one. No, no, it's I, I can now. I can't remember which one it is. A uh, different. No, no, it's not it. Either. How dare? How dare you challenge me and not be prepared? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know I you're cha- wrong. I just. I know you're I cannot wrong. remember why. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your heart is an empty room. That's oh, the okay. simplest. All right. It is straight up. Or, or I thought. But I thought anyway. maybe you were gonna say. Uh, I thought I'll follow you into the dark. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> since no, there no, is no. no baseline. No, since there's no baseline. <laughs> but no, I. I, I go ahead. It's it's super simple and and also his tone is still very tasty. The snare sounds awesome. Great song, freaking awesome. Chris, yeah, uh, it's a keeper. Uh, I love the ba 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 ba's. Like I love that part you played, but then I think one of, I think one of the coolest tricks he does is then when he adds the lyrics, you know, um, the next mm-hmm. time. Um, uh, brown eyes i'll hold you near which yeah. i which is he he mentions in a interview that that you know that's about his whoever his current girlfriend was at the time um and uh wasn't it wasn't zoe de chanel yet not quite yet yeah yeah i but believe me i did i did some timeline searching on that yeah um, didn't we all who who hasn't had a crush on her right am i nah, the only yeah, one? i'm not I mean, the only one right yeah you gotta work it in there yeah. um but yeah that it's like a freaking orchestra of instruments playing off each other so well but but you guys are right no no not one instrument is playing anything you know laboriously complicated it's all but but the way it all works together is um yeah brian eno man they they love that guy but and and it doesn't have this album doesn't have like total eno vibes but it does um uh, you know just the way that guy produces and the you know the tricks they learned from him you can definitely hear it yeah i definitely agree with that Without a doubt. Okay, let's go to anything else on Soulmate's Body. I don't want to leave anyone behind. Uh, I, did we mention it kicks butt? No. Duh. I, well, in the intro to it, like coming out of Marching Bands of Manhattan, it right into this song. That's what makes it such a great second track. That's exactly what I want for a for a second track. It's to like ramp me up a little bit, and this yep. does it really well. So, okay, Summer Skin. Here we go. Just scream.
I just imagine this song must have been. I don't I have no idea. Like you know, we do have Garage Band right around now, and I'm sure Gibbard has some uh you know things at his disposal. But it almost sounds like I mean, was it just the piano part that he came in with and the song? Like this could have been totally different without what's going on with the drums and bass. Like if he you said- just listen to that piano, it's just being you know big diamonds and. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea how they wrote it, but it does certainly seem like something that maybe he just came in with that piano part and the bass and drums were like, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. No, he said he wrote the songs just by taking his computer up to this apartment with a big piano. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they just kept this one, you know, broken down. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love the, uh, I, that bass line's awesome. It's, oh. uh, yeah. It's so good. I get, yeah. I mean, all over this record and all over everything this band does is just that rhythm section allows them to do whatever. It can be just an acoustic guitar playing one note at a time. It's not even strumming full chords or on this part, the same thing happens there at the very end of that clip that I just played where it's just doing single notes on the piano and the drum. And that's it. I don't know. I just feel like they just carry everything. So that the, you know, Ben and uh, Chris can just do any, you know, whatever. And it works. Right. Love it. What are your other thoughts on Summer Skin, fellas? I mean, it's good. <laughs> uh, it's a good song. I, I like it. It's pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that bass line, like just going up, going down there on the neck and then, <laughs> and then hanging out up top. Uh, pretty excellent. And this is definitely like... <laughs> I just picture driving in the van and like, oh, there's the clouds just covered the sun. Quick, put the song on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I every year when the leaves start changing, I always I always think to myself, oh, they're shedding their summer skin. <laughs> I mean, it's just summer like clockwork. Skin. Hey, you know, okay, that's funny because so this song does that for me too. It makes yeah. me think of the end of summer and then um What's that weaker than song about where it talks about and turned off TV gray? Isn't that um, eulogy for Elizabeth or whatever? Uh, Anyway, it just that's such a great lyric, too. And it makes me think of um, whatever the change from spring from winter to spring or whatever. Uh, So, yeah, maybe there's there's probably a couple other ones. There's obviously plenty of good like start of summer songs, too. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good end of summer one. How many end of summer songs that like mention Labor Day? You know, it's true. Uh, hey, another tie into Blink One Eight Two there. Although they took you know Ben uh, uh, Death Cab's take is a little different. Yeah, true. <laughs> a little, yeah, little bit. bit. <laughs> Touch. <laughs> yeah, and and Blink One Eight Two has the Christmas song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's go to different names for the same thing. Chris Monier, let's go to you first. Okay, so you could play that part of the song or the beginning. I didn't know which way you. It's go. hard. It's like yeah. that was the thing. It's like, what am I going to pick here? Because it's really two songs in it one is. song, basically. It and is. And I like to capture them both, but I also wanted to get 
the vocal part starting to come in and you can't do it. Um, so yeah, it was hard to, hard to choose. I went with the the back half, but again, as we always say, you should really just listen to this whole record and then come listen to us. yap about it. Don't, don't just well, listen to 30 second clips from us. Yeah, Kyle, you mentioned postal service on the song before that this, this, uh, there's some more postal service yep, vibe for sure. here. Um, I don't, I don't know, man, the, the, the groovy beginning with the fireplace is, is super chill too. So, um, but yes, I like I, I like the I think I would have picked the same clip. I like I like what you picked. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh Kyle, what are your, your thoughts on it? Uh I also like the clip that you picked. The end is is my fave on this one. Um are those <clears throat> is that xylophone that's rocking at the end? There's a few things, I think. Uh, or is there's it keys? definitely there's no, there's some sort of xylophone thing. I think there's also yeah. keys. There's also probably some synths or something. I well, don't know. I, I there's was a just lot gonna, going on there. I was just going to let everyone know in case they didn't know. Uh, I just went to a seventh grade uh, <laughs> band uh, recital and those are not easy to play well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they don't always sound so lovely. It's pretty easy uh, to hit the wrong note with those little mallets, man. I remember yeah. I was in percussion. It was, it was, a, oof. Well, now, yeah, now, but did they have the toy ones or did they have did the band have the bigger ones? They had the big ones. Okay, that's a little. Yeah, but have you target. seen the guys? Have you seen those dudes uh, like playing in the marching band in college? They've got like three yep. mallets in each hand and they're yep. playing chords. Yep, it's crazy. That's uh, I don't understand that special. Yeah, um, and you can't uh, hear them at all. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. At OU's football stadium, eighty six thousand people there, and like yeah. I'm in the upper deck and I, I can see the people playing the xylophone, but I'm like, this is pointless. You should not even be here. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, I also think it, it is like two different songs. And then I also like the, uh, I, I, I like the words to this one. He says the same thing over and over again, but like, that's fine. Uh, yeah. It, when they're good words, that's okay. Right. You know, I exactly. can't find, I, I'm trying to find, well, I saw them in Chicago, um, but during, I don't know, 2000, I don't know, 2014 or something like that. Uh, it was later than that. Yeah, it's probably 2014, 15, something like that. Um, I can't remember if they played this, but gosh, this would be so much fun to play live. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's got to be fun. You could just jam on it for forever. Um, I don't remember if they played it or not, and I can't, I normally have all these set lists. I know. I was like, what in about my, your notes, man? In my phone, I can't find this one. I, so I hope it, eh, who knows? iCloud. Uh, but it, it does sound like a fun one uh, live. I would I would be excited to hear it. Yeah, it's just great. Um, I like the kind of the, yeah, the sort of two songs in one situation where you get the, uh, like literally two things that if you played separate clips of it, someone would believe it's two separate songs. But or in the case of some songs like Bohemian Rhapsody, you get like six songs in there or whatever. But I like that thing. You don't, uh, not enough people go for it, but I like it. Sort of a scenes of an Italian restaurant, Billy Joel kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, into it. Okay, let's go to uh, one of the singles, I Will Follow You Into the Dark. We're all worn down. The time for sleep is now. But it's nothing to cry about. Cause we'll hold each other soon in the blackest of rooms. And if heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied, 
Kyle, let's go to you first. Thoughts? I'm glad you did. Uh, <clears throat> dude, I, I do not, I mean, I really don't like speaking in superlatives. I think that this is one of the best written songs of my lifetime. Um, like, that is a uh, high praise. It, it is just, it is such a cool way to tell someone that you love them. Like, Hey, I'll pass up heaven and hell. And like, I'll just be, I'll just, I'll go into the void with you, man. Like that is just, it is so beautiful. I am moved by it every single time I listen to it. And I don't want to be because it's like, it is, it was overplayed. Right. Um, but it is so well-written. It is such a, it is such a perfect song. Like to the point that before I knew we were doing this record, uh, my son, my oldest son is like, Hey dad, like, what do you think some of the best songs ever written are? And this was one of them that I showed him. And, and I think for me, what, uh, what's important is like the clear narrative. Like this is a, this is not just a great song. This is a great story. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, freaking awesome. I'm so, I'm so jealous at, uh, him for writing this awesome song. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you said it pretty well, Kyle. I mean, it's a it's a great song, and some songs deserve to be overplayed. Yeah, yeah. and it's the Sacred Heart song. Oh, you think so? <gasps> I yeah. put that note too. Okay, so you <laughs> Blake think has it's another? The, I can tell. I think uh, I, I hadn't really thought about it honestly on this one, but this isn't the one I would pick. I mean, I, this whole a, album is a Sacred Heart album. Yeah, the album, whole thing. But. Yeah, but I mean, this one, like, you know, the patient dies. Yeah, totally. It's sad. It's pretty on the nose. Like, yeah, this is a, I got the song. I, I yeah, also, it could be. I would regret not, uh, I would regret not mentioning the, uh, the line that uh, she told me, fear is the heart of love, and I never looked back. <sighs> never went Ooh. back, right? Never went back, yeah. Uh We'll see. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's great. Uh, Chris, you were saying something, were you? Or had you, well, no, yeah, you didn't say I, anything yet? Go for it. Well, yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from, Kyle, like not wanting to speak in like these broad, you know, big terms like best or whatever. But I 100% completely agree with you. I, I had that note as well. It's one of the best songs written in my lifetime, too. Actually, I just said. In our well, exact lifetime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Birthday, uh, buddy. Just so you know, Blake was not born the same day as me and Kyle. Um, uh, and I I don't think I even realized the first time I heard it, like what the lyrics were about and like, you know, the, the kind of story he's telling. And I still just fell in love with the song. And even when you played it just now, Blake, I got goosebumps and got... I. I don't want to say like I was about to cry, but like I get, I just get right you on could. the verge. I could, yeah, if yeah. if it hit me just right, um, because uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And it was funny. Um, the one funny thing about the song is he was trying to write it as a sweet song for his lady, just sweet and romantic, um, you know. And she was like, "Dude, this is really sad." And he was like, "Oh, I tried. <laughs> I guess I just gotta stick to what comes naturally." <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, that's just got to be the most true thing ever. I believe that story hundred percent because I, I feel like he probably just thought this is a sweet little song and they're like, it's actually pretty sad. <laughs> like, dude, you dude, still you're managed to make out. your sweet song about dying, you know? 
uh, and stepping into the void. Uh, that is pretty funny. It's also just a really great, like kind of split in the record for me. It's just like mm-hmm. a oh, yeah. really good middle song. Like it really, um, it just does a great job of, of again, song to song, man. The, even the order of this album is fantastic. All these songs shuffled in any order would be pretty good. Um, cause the, the songs are all great, but man, they also nailed the order of this. This is the perfect place to put this on the record. Um, it's a great song and yeah, it did get, I mean, I would be lying if I told you that there, I wasn't a little, maybe sick of it at some points in 2005 ish, uh, because it was everywhere. Um, and sometimes I'm not in the mood for this song. it (laughs) It was on, it didn't matter if I was driving at night or if I was at a, you know, birthday party mini golf, it didn't, that was playing everywhere. And sometimes it doesn't fit. You know, yeah. at I, mini I golf. think I think also to be fair to us, all of us for mentioning it being overplayed, it's there's something hard, like, more difficult about a band that's not quite as big making it big on a song like this. You know, like there's there's something kind of frustrating about that when yeah. people are like, oh, this song and it's like, yeah, that's a good song, but you don't know Jack, you know, like, you, right. You don't know these guys. And, uh, like we do, like I yeah, do. Yeah. And also it's not, I don't think at all Ben Gibbard was selling out. It just happened to be the slow song that, that he wrote perfectly that broke them out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, dude, these guys are not the kind of guys that are like, uh, probably talking about which songs are going to be the single, even in the studio, right. you know, it probably just is like, yeah, let's do this one. This one, this one. These they weren't movies. lining up, uh, tours with Hoobastank. No, they weren't that lucky. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, bad news, guys, for me. What's up? <laughs> this was used in Scrubs. Yes! yes, yes. <laughs> to be fair, it was in the eighth and final season, which none of us watched, I promise you, right? Oh, no. The one that was like oh, on ABC with the new cast. I re- the new I cast and yeah, yeah so, it's not canon. To be fair, now they even, <laughs> now not. here's the other problem. They literally did it, I guess, in the scene where a guy dies. So you're like, on the nose. You're really on the it. nose about your S. So you're right. You're right. This is, it has to be the Sacred Heart song now. Because yeah, I can see the showrunner like Googling songs about death. <laughs> oh, oh, this one. Death Cab for Cutie. It's even got the word <laughs> in the band's name. <laughs> By season eight. Look, Scrubs was one of the best shows ever on television, but I didn't, none of us watched that last season where they're not really in it. No. Kids, it's better to burn out than to fade away. That's right. I agree. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Because this is our podcast, I'm just going to talk about that for one minute longer. Yeah, please do. They they nailed the landing on season seven, and that is what makes season eight so frustrating. It was clearly... They nailed the landing. I don't think they wanted to do it. I think it was like ABC said, you're under contract to do another one, and we just want to squeeze every last drop out of this thing. I mean, I yeah, think that's but. they were trying to launch it into a new thing. It was basically they were trying to make a spinoff. It, that's what it seemed like to me. They were yeah, trying to do a spinoff, but instead of just taking one character and spinning it off, they tried to be like, well, what if we just have these old guys and we kind of make a new cast? It doesn't work like that. You've got to like, idea. you got to Frasier it and you got to go all in if you're going <laughs> to yep. do the spinoff kind of thing. Yep. It's a bad and idea. has it ever worked besides Frasier? It has a couple times. I mean, um, Frasier was spin off in the seventies. There were a couple of them. One of, you know, like what uh, wasn't like Joni Liz Chachi a show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Spin-off yeah. From and happy days had a, you know what they, they had a couple of spinoffs that I think were popular, but in our lifetime. Yeah. For the most part, it's Frasier 
that actually has like a pretty long. Uh, there's probably some other ones, but I can't. Frazier out outlasted oh. Cheers, right? Yeah, it was like twelve seasons. Now, I mean, yeah. I will say if this count for dramas, uh, Better Call Saul is as good as Breaking Bad, in my oh. opinion. Oh, okay. There mm. you On a go. spinoff That's a good kind example. of thing. But again, you gotta you don't try to like do halvesies and halvesies. It's just like you gotta go all in on one character. And preferably a different timeline, obviously. So, uh, anyway, now that we've uh, gotten that out of our system, we just had to throw in some <laughs> comedy. Hey, season eight sucks. Okay. Somebody, sad. somebody just woke up and thought that they like moved to the next <laughs> podcast on their list. Am I listening to a Scrubs? What the hell? What <laughs> we could do this with any pop culture. Is the truth? We had to niche it down so that like you could figure out what the heck you were going to be listening to every week. But the truth is, we could do this about probably you know ghostbusters or ninja yeah. turtles or batman or uh individual episodes of scrubs but we yep. choose emo music from the 2000s so um maybe we'll do a special episode for one of those okay uh so next up is your heart is an empty room uh what i mentioned is which i think is the simplest song on the record but you shed not a single tear for the things that you didn't Chris, thoughts on uh, your heart is an empty room. Dude, the way the verse moves into the chorus, the way these guys play their instruments, God, it's just incredible. That The way he slowly adds that snare, but he lets it hang to like that. It's not really a ghost note, but you know, it's not on the two and the four. It's like just behind it. So you're almost like, oh, you did well, come in. It's like he's kind of playing it in halftime, but yeah, nothing yeah, else yeah. is in halftime, just the snare. It's cool. Right. And, the, and it was funny because like I wrote Buna B. And I was like, why did I write Buna B in my notes? And then when you played that clip, I was like, oh, it's because I was talking about that little guitar. That Buna delayed B? guitar part, yeah. Another <laughs> really simple, like anybody with a guitar, like you could teach them that in 10 seconds, but it's it's writing it and putting it in that song that makes it so great. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that really everything in this song is incredibly simple. But can you imagine like a, a high school band trying to play this at a talent show? Oh, and how much effect? Yes, how much sure. it would crash and burn? Like, cool. there's like that guitar part is simple. The the acoustic is straight up eighth notes the whole time. The bass yep. is straight up eighth notes the whole time. The drums are actually the simplest drums on the whole record for sure. Yep. Even though they do some cool little things, but there's just all these little cymbal swells or these little noises in the background, and uh, and it would not. I I promise you, this band can pull this off, and a lot of other bands, even good ones. I don't think can pull off the simplicity. Sometimes it's hard to mask the imperfections when you're playing something that's this straightforward and simple and they nail it. So good. Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts on the track? Uh, first note, this is a very emo title. Maybe the most oh, emo title. Yes. That's a, that's an award we haven't been giving as much lately, but it is, it is definitely the most, I was thinking about it. This, this Your one actually does have a, room. this whole album actually has a pretty decent set of emo uh, titles. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We missed that. We missed talking about that. Or a few of these. So uh, all, all the things that you guys said, great song. And, and I'm just going to highlight, I really, 
I really love the the lyric out on the street are so many possibilities to not be alone. That is, that's really good. Um, I, I mean, this is one of those records where I kind of feel like maybe we sound stupid because it's just like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, this one's good. This is good. <laughs> not bad. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that third verse. That flames and smoke climbed out of every window. Mm. Shed not a single tear. That whole thing. Uh, gosh, everything about it. Um, <laughs> Golly gee, it's great. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Holy you know, smokes. Again, you just like you, you can picture and you feel like that even if yeah. your house is never burned down. You, it's like you yeah. know exactly how. The, yeah, yeah. You know exactly how that person feels, even if you haven't. I've, I'm sure if you have watched your house burn down, it's different. But or at least that's what I assume is happening here. But um, this song plays in your head. Yeah, maybe. Um, if you watch your, if house my house ever does burn down, it's going to play in my head, and I'm going to think of you. So just know that Thanks. that will ruin this song for you, though. That's like. <laughs> oh. uh, our Probably. buddies Justin and Matt ruined got, a lot of things. They rolled Matt's truck with a praise chorus playing. <laughs> it's like so that song sucks now. Now that song terrifies me if I'm in a car because I feel like you know my brain's like you're the car's gonna roll over. You're gonna have a rollover accident if you listen to that song in the car. And plus the juxtaposition of being upside down in your car or whatever, and praise chorus is happy boppy beat <laughs> going on in the background. That'd be pretty good. Um, any other thoughts on Your Heart is an Empty Room? Great song. Great song. So solid. Okay, let's go to uh, Someday You Will Be Loved. This is about the rockiest part of the whole record, to your point, Kyle. Um, yep. It's about the, as right after that clip ended. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, we got, we got, just we got like a little bridge, a little taste of it. That's about as rocking as we get. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Freaking drums on that song are awesome. The hits on the bass, like, it's not necessarily that he's like, it's not necessarily what he's playing. When he's playing it is freaking awesome. Uh, if that makes any sense. And, and also I was wondering, Chris, you don't happen to have any notes on like who this is about or <laughs> it's such a jerk move. <laughs> it man. is a jerk move. It really is like, yeah, he's trying to poetically know, right. say, I just, I didn't really like you much it, and you'll be great someday, but you're not for you're me. A good, you're a good friend. You're a good person. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty, um, somebody's going to love you. Someday. Not yeah. Not and look, I would have not really the whole thing without the um without the line in the morning I fled, left a note and it read, someday you will be left. <laughs> I would be like, well, maybe it was just a girl that was more into him than he was into her. No. And it was like, no, this is like he freaking hit no. it and quit it and got out of there and was like, Hey, it's great. I left you a note. Someday you'll be loved. Not tonight. But <laughs> hey, I know this hurts, but as consolation, I'd like you to know someone's gonna love you someday. 
Right. And you almost Benjamin. wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I wonder. This is because this would be a pin giver move for sure. Okay. I wonder if this happened to him. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, plot twist. Uh, and mm. I'm, this is just me going like, he seems like a clever enough guy that that would be a better way to write it, to write him being the bad guy, but really. And it's on a platinum selling opposite. record. That's kind yeah. of a little uh, F you to the person yeah. too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I could be totally, I'm just, you know, I have no idea. Yeah, so like when about. people interview him about it, they're like, man, that was kind of a dick move. He's like, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> because. Single tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That person, that yeah. song's about. Still hurts sometimes. <laughs> like the least surprising news I ever heard was that he and Zoe Deschanel were getting divorced. I was just like, that was gonna happen without a doubt. Like, there's just no way that guy is okay with being like in a happy spot. You know what I mean? Like, he just that he's brilliant, but I bet he's. It just seems like how could you write this stuff and not be kind of always needing a reason to be a little depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't think, you know, that's a thing that an interesting discussion. Sometimes I think people feel like they have to feel that way to be able to write good songs. I don't think that that's actually true. I think that they've just never stepped outside their comfort zone. Uh, well, the, there's a joke about that in comedy, right? That that a lot of some comedians lose their edge after they make money because like all their jokes yeah. are about butlers and private planes, and everybody's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, um, this isn't as funny anymore when I know. But Chris there's Rock lots of, that you're freaking super rich. Yes, yeah, exactly. But there's lots of comedians that make it work, uh, and same with musicians. Yeah, um, you don't have to really be sad. To, you don't have to have a terrible relationship with your dad yeah. <laughs> to be a good songwriter. <laughs> you might hey, just want to. Yeah, yeah, that one's. That one's a little easier. Um, yeah. Well, but I think that one, the the caveat to that is that, well, which he obviously, he clearly does not have a good relationship with his dad. <laughs> That's what that would be another underlying thing that might make him a great songwriter. It seems to happen to a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which song it is. He has that one about like, like his dad dying and them trying to scatter the ashes and they blow back in his face. <laughs> it's like, it literally like, just like that's how his dad was. I'm like, Oh God, that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, again, it, it, if, if, if it is about him, if it is autobiographical and he's the, the guy, <laughs> he's the first person in this. I like this theory. It's not, uh, it's not nice. People would say, but, uh, not cool, man. Not cool, but good song. Yeah. Good song. My only question guys is, Am I the only one that thinks that this song could be in the musical Fiddler on the Roof if it was reworked just right? I think it does have that kind of uh, that kind of beat to it. It does. That bass line is a little. Um, can you just hear Tevia singing it to? Uh... I can. Yes, I think okay. that actually works. We oh. bring it. There's actually been multiple albums on this show that we've done, like where we've been like, this could fit in this musical. We're obviously all Broadway theater nerds too. Also, that's uh, not gonna, the last time it's going to be mentioned on this record. There's a bossa nova beat later. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Then, yeah. Okay, let's go to Crooked Teeth. The sun in the tree made the sky line look like crooked teeth in the mouth of a man who was devouring a spoke. You're so cute. 
Chris Monier, thoughts on Crooked Teeth? Dude, this is a freaking rhythm section clinic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's God, all of it. Clinic, yeah. He's so good. Like, I, if I was a producer, I'd be like, hey, just play like a regular drum beat. You know, the song kind of just takes a walk. It's fun. It's happy. And he like does that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not regular, but it's so good, McGurr. Yeah, well, and all of them, even the the rhythm guitar part, it's pretty freaking awesome how it's kind of syncopated with that bass line. It's yeah. really cool, and it makes me want to like do kind of a robot dance. <laughs> yes. Like a really white guy <laughs> robot kind of thing. Uh, it would not be cool, but it's what my body wants to do when I hear this song. <laughs> I'm never going to not do that dance now when I hear the song and embarrass my kids. I hope we're somewhere public. Uh, yeah, Kyle, thoughts? So I have a weird note on this one and maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like, I feel like this song could, could be on, uh, on welcome interstate managers. Like it's got a fountains of Wayne vibe. I was just listening to that the other day, not the whole record, but a song just came on on like my random shuffle. And I was like, God, that album's good. I haven't listened to that in a while. I can hear that though. I feel like there's the, 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 the Schlesinger. It does vibe. have that vibe. You are really good at picking up the that kind of vibe that I had hey, not thanks, thought man. of. But you're right. This does sound like um, it could fit, kind of be a Fountains of Wayne thing. It's just, it's just got that vibe. I, w- I mean, it's so weird. Uh, anyway, with that being said, since I guess only you guys know, uh, I think Fountains of Wayne kicked. kicked oh, butt. I did too. Yeah. So <laughs> I did too. Yeah. So, uh, it's a great. It's a great song, and um, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I like it. It's got that. I definitely can hear that feel, um, and definitely a little more upbeat. I'm into. We need a couple of upbeat ones because we are about to turn into <laughs> the. Yeah. It's gonna get darker. Not, it's gonna get sad. Okay, it's gonna get real sad. Um, and I like this one. It's it's like a little bit upbeat, and um, but same thing. I love the. And now the state line felt like the Berlin Wall, and it's just got a lot of great little um, like kids strung out on homemade speed. Like I just love that. There's all sorts of little lines in here that, again, he just does a good job at like kind of painting a picture of a feeling that sounds really strange because it's like obviously I can't. The Berlin Wall thing is not a real thing, but that metaphor makes sense, and you're like, oh, okay, I get what you're feeling now. And he's always so much better about doing that in one line, whereas I would take a whole verse yeah, to try to explain something, which I'm definitely going to talk about on the next song. Um, yeah. But he he just does a good job with one little line of like, okay, I now know how you feel. You're, you know, um, which he did with Transatlanticism, the song too. You know, kind of like the the visual of this ocean gap between him and and her. Um, and this one he does, you know, the vertical wall kind of thing. And God, he's just really good at conveying a feeling. Um, and I yep. don't, I don't know that there's another songwriter that I can think of that are specifically lyricist that does as good as he does at, at making me feel what he feels or what I assume he feels, you know, what sometimes he, a song yeah. will make me feel something, but I don't know that that was their intention. I think some people are a little more vague, uh, and I can be more convinced by the music feel than the lyric feel, but him, mm-hmm. the combination of both is just always perfect. So, uh, speaking of great lyrics, if you don't have anything else on crooked teeth, let's go to what Sarah said.
cheated and i did like a minute long clip because i couldn't nice. pick 30 seconds of that song it's got too many things going on with it and i i had to get that a little bit of that end part um sorry bmi <laughs> sorry someone's gonna come after <laughs> i think it still fits fits under fair use so i think you know a minute of the song would be fine uh chris let's go to you first what sarah said oh that's not fair this one's hey guys this one's <laughs> well, kind of i'm sad. trying to give someone else this song's kind of sad. I about it. Oh, it's very um, sad. <laughs> it's like the saddest song I've ever, sad. ever heard in my life. Ever. Horribly sad. I, I like every time I hear this song, I think of like dying, of course. Right. And thinking about like who's going to be there. And I'm like, man, that's going to be trippy. That moment. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, who's here? I remember thinking about this when I was listening to this <laughs> wonderful song back in the day. Uh, oh, it's no one. <laughs> I think you'll have uh, a couple people there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think and, you'll be good. You know what's good? What's crazy too, though, is the line that always sticks out to me is the, uh, uh, I hate to say that this word. I'm just not going to say it. The P in 409. Um, yeah. Piss? That's the, <laughs> that's the word? I don't. No, it just weir- it weirds yeah, me it out weird. to say it like standalone. I can right. say pissed off all day, yeah. but just to say it literally. Yeah. Um, because it, it is a weird line. But when you're and in a hospital, ex- that's exactly And I know exactly what he's talking about. It puts about. you there. Because that, that's the smell in the hospital. I was like, oh. <laughs> but, you, you know, we don't you Or don't if talk you've about owned it. a pet. Yeah. Go what? If you've owned a pet, you know yeah. what piss oh. in 409 smells <laughs> oh, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I, I think that's what I was going to say is that. So I tried to write this song at one point because I had this experience when I was a kid that like my best friend was in the ICU and had a 50, 50 chance. I was told by people like, you know, it was like, Oh, it's a 50, 50 chance that this person's going to die. Uh, so I remember like just that, you know, that feeling of being at the hospital and I tried to write down <laughs> some of these same kind of things. I was like 19 years old at the time. It, then this, I hear this song and I'm just like, that's what I was trying to say <laughs> and blew it. Like, he just nails that feeling of being in a hospital, uh, especially in a situation that's dire um, and talking about how, uh, yeah, I mean, the, talking about the smells and the TV entertaining itself because no one's like actively watching this TV uh, that's there. Um, gosh, I mean, every single line in it is the vending just, machines and year yep, old magazines, yeah. all of it. Yeah. And and so he I mean, it is it's one of my favorite songs ever. Um, it's super sad, but I mean, into it again, driving at night, it was just like a great driving at night song. Um, and yeah, it is sad, but it's true too. It's not, it's not sad in like a pathetic way. Like the last song was kind of sad in a pathetic way. 
like uh not crooked teeth sorry someday you will be loved yeah 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 that yeah. one's like kind of like well but you're kind of pathetic for like you just bailed on the chick you didn't even give her a yeah. chance uh whereas this is just part of life you know and so it's um i just don't know that there's a better song about death than this one there's a lot of really good ones but this is um at the top of the hard list for me it's yeah. really hard to beat yeah kyle what are your thoughts Oh man, I feel like I feel like we had a shared conversation there. Uh, <laughs> I feel the same. It, the only other line I want to mention is like the uh, it's it's the probably the only one about that's not about the hospital, but the every that every plan is a tiny prayer to Father Time, and hence the album <sighs> name. Yeah, yeah, freaking no, no, Blake. The album name. <laughs> comes from a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry how could i forget yeah uh that reminds me of that line in batman begins tell them that joke you know <laughs> that's what i figure ben gibbard is like he knows one joke maybe and maybe he's like the funniest guy ever i don't know i mean i don't know nah. him at all but i just <laughs> nah. doubt it i just can't wrap Can my you- head around how that could be possible I tell feel like what, ben, ben Gibbard would tell that joke. Like you'd be at a bar just drinking, and he'd be next to you like an old man. Hey, do you want to hear a joke? <laughs> and he'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And he would just rip that one out, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, how do I get away from this guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna murder me! Yeah. He's gonna murder me!" Uh, hey, open invitation, Ben Gibbard, to come on and do the uh, postal service record. You know, we can we can talk more. See how funny you are, Jenny Lewis. You can come too. Whole gang's invited. Yeah. Yep. You know what, though? That's a good example, though, of I feel like because of the mood of that music, the lyrics are lighter on that record. Totally. Than all the Death Cab stuff. So it's like some sad stuff. No, there is, but it's more of like quirky. It's less like, um, it's less like about someone dying and watching them do so in a hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like really on the nose. No, I think this is one of the best songs, um, ever. This one eclipses uh, I will follow you in the bar in the into the dark for me just because it's wow more, yeah it just really does I think it's a, and that the rhythm at the end that he is it's doing the on prequel, the drums to be fair yeah I know what he's doing like I can with one hand do what he's doing on the ride and I can do what he's doing with the snare with my other hand I cannot do those two things together there's some jazzy stuff going on uh, that is super cool and I can't do it. Um, yeah, he's really good. And that little single piano note going into the outro uh, whole thing is just, it's kind of haunting. It's great. Anyway, I can't say enough about it. Does anyone else have anything <laughs> so I can shut up? No, no. I, I, no thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, that, it, it's It's interesting. It's, it's cool to hear why this song means so much to you. So, yeah. Well, um, and yeah, uh, this I guess this could be a sacred art too. By the way, guys, it's like literally talking about a hospital. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have. It like I didn't think about that. I need to start writing that down to remember to consider that uh, award that we don't technically award on everyone. But uh, I think I might go with. Um, I don't think I'd go with this one because it's almost too on the nose. But it, <laughs> it would work. It works just as well, especially in season eight. It would have definitely worked. Okay, so uh, let's go to Brothers on a Hotel Bed.
Okay, first. so this is the one I wanted to ask you guys about. Yeah. Is that a samba beat or a bossa nova beat that he's playing on the drums? I don't know enough about that to I do I remember a samba is ding 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 I mean that's kind of it's close. I don't think it's quite samba because I think samba is technically samba variation. Two and one. Well, Okay. E- either way, um, it's crazy that I feel like that's kind of what's going on in the drums, and yet the song has none of that vibe, right? Whatsoever. It was um, all I know. This one was all Walla did everything okay. basically, and then Gibbard wrote the melody and lyrics on top of it. Like this was not. I don't know if it was like a. I don't think it was at this level of like a finished track, but like it was. It was a full track, and they kind of postal serviced it as far as like Walla kind of did all this stuff that instrumentally and then Gibbard wrote, wrote the stuff on top of it, uh, which makes sense. Cause it feels very Walla ish, you know? Yep. Well, the, the, I love the title of this song. Uh, and I love the line. Cause now we say goodnight from our own separate sides, like brothers on a hotel bed. If you never shared a hotel bed <laughs> with someone that was, uh, What's what's the right word? Uh, platonic. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could have Not- they could have called it bandmate in a hotel bed too. Yeah, yeah totally. roll off the tongue quite as well. Yep. I'll be I'll lay on top of the covers tonight. Oh uh, yeah, top and oh, I remember doing that. Yes. <laughs> we that that didn't happen as much, and I I uh, swear to you, two thirds of the other members of my band have cuffed my butt in the middle of the night, thinking I was their significant other. I was and not. I do there's, it again. Chris was movie. one of them. Steve-O was the other one. They both rolled that over and cuddled blood. me. And it's like, no, please don't. Don't. Please. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. No, please. No, please. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> Bandmate in a hotel bed does not work as well as brother in a hotel bed. Did you guys ever have the nights where you were like supposed to be on top of the covers, but like by like 2 a.m. you were like freezing cold and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm just going to kind of get the comforter on at least. I never did it. I just wasn't worried about it. I was like, look, if we accidentally cuddle we're one elbow away from not accidentally cuddling anymore i, I, I wasn't i wasn't worried about it says the guy whose butt was i knew they meant no harm you opened yourself up yeah, yeah. i knew yeah. they didn't really want to touch my butt they wanted to touch their girlfriend's butt or whatever and uh i they didn't know any better until they I'm pretty my butt I'm pretty like, certain we've not. shared a hotel bed Blake and we I definitely did, have. I did not cup your butt. I've shared hotel beds with both of you actually I think. Yeah. yeah so it's a special thing guys <laughs> to, to those listening that wondering where we got this uh rapport with one another. That's it. And the reason you sh- are perfectly willing and will have no complaints about sharing a hotel bed with a dude is because the alternate is that you're the guy on the sleeping bag on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You're, you're the odd man out. That's like in the windowsill of the microtel. You know what I'm talking about? It's got the that microtel windowsill. Oh, that, that was the best. If we could yeah. get a microtel because it had that, that windowsill kind bed. of thing with that padding. And so you got, you could sleep five deep in there before you had anyone on the floor. Oh yeah. Those were yep. the dreams. We could haggle them down to 39 bucks a night. <laughs> Yeah, because you show up at 1 a.m. and you're like, like you're, you're not, not selling fill this, this room. room. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it to us. Um, I got shocked in a microtel in the shower. 
not Ooh. super bad, but like I could feel a current coming through the faucets enough that I was like, Ooh. hey, that I went to the front desk and was like, you should definitely check that out and give There's us a, a discount. <laughs> it, like I was like, it's not dangerous yet, but like I imagine it could be in the near future because there shouldn't be could any be electricity problem. running through your faucets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think we got that knocked down off of thirty nine dollars to probably 25 or something nice we ate like kings that day from a dollar menu um <laughs> yeah the continental breakfast it's a great song again really good at the visual uh because you're right if you've uh, that was the long divergent into saying if you've ever been in a hotel with your brother or a platonic dude uh you know that it's not there's no romance there and sadly that's <laughs> what he's talking about and here there too. are sides yeah uh that's a bummer so, uh, uh, but again, a really, really good song. And it's hard to believe that you could follow up something like what Sarah said with as good of a song as this is like to have them back to back. They just, they don't stop on this record. It's not stop coming. Hey Blake. Yep. If I made you choose mm-hmm. between what Sarah said and Sarah Sparks, what are you Wait, choosing? what's Sarah Sparks? Why do I know? I like why Copeland, am I that, right? Cope. No, yeah. that's not Sarah. That's Paula. Oh, oh Paula. Yeah, 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 yeah. I man, I just I went and after that right up. That's okay. <laughs> Sarah well, Sparks you, is alliterated better. So, yeah. so you'd probably choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Although, I mean, look, if we're now, if you really want to go into Sarah songs, do I like this song better or Sarah by Jefferson Starship? It's pretty or close. Sarah Smiles. That's a song that I love very much. Sarah Smiles, I don't love as much. Okay. Jefferson well, Starship. <laughs> I did not expect to talk I'm about sorry. that band. Uh, that song has some sort of memory ingrained in me because uh, my cousin was dating a girl named Sarah at the time. So when I'm like three years old and that song's on the radio, it, le- it left an impact on me. Like as if Sarah's yeah. a non-common name. <laughs> but... Right. Uh, uh, but this one's sadder and, and a better song, probably. But I do like Jefferson Starship. Or they might have just been Starship at that point. I don't know. Um, let's go to the final track, Stable Song. Here we go. Simmons, let's go to you first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's got a reboot. Hold on, uh, it's good. It's good. That's all we got, Chris. What about I you? Mean, it's, it's great. There you go. It's a great song. It so I didn't know this was a reworking of a song called Stability. I didn't know this either. EP. I need to go back and list that now. Oh, um, I don't, okay. It, it was like on a Japanese imprint or something. It wasn't like a song that was like widely distributed, but um, yeah, it's a nice groovy little ending to a very, very good album. I don't have much else to say. Yeah, it's like super chill, but it builds enough during it that to keep it interesting. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's weird to me. Like, I didn't know... 
again, this is one of those weird things that happened because of that weird transition between CDs and digital music. Like a lot of times with the CDs, I didn't know. Well, it kind of depended. Like if I bought the CD, I I just ran over the liner notes all the time. If I had that, or if I have an album now, like vinyl or something like that with digital, you just don't do that as much. I rarely know the names of songs that I exclusively listen to digitally. Does that make sense? Like rarely can I, can I call them out? But for some reason, this one, I, I never knew if it was like stable as in, what they're referring to in the song stable mate, like where you would like a place or like stability. And so it's interesting that you said that it's based on some song called stability. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. A, uh, stability from the stability EP and a Japanese version of the photo album. So yep. that's interesting because in the line in this song, it talks about stable mates. So it, they are using both versions of the word. So that confusion in my mind is even more kind of what now because you gave me that little tidbit of information, Chris. All right, there you go. Anyway, that was always a thing that confused me, but yeah, good ending to the record. Um, I don't have a lot to say other than that. Well, that's the record. Let's go to uh, our kind of lasting impressions. Does it hold up? I think that <laughs> I think that we've made clear uh, that it does, uh, and we think it's fantastic. And possibly, so let's just go on to the next record. I mean, the next question: Is it their best album? Kyle, we're going to you first. <laughs> I'm I'm going to stick with spoiled, my same answer. Yeah. Uh, yes, I I had spoilers, That's but okay. I mean, I, on transatlanticism, I said this is my favorite. This is my favorite Death Cab record. So I think it's their best. Chris, where are you at? Gosh, I should have known the. Uh, you know, I should have known you're going to ask this since you've asked the same question at the end of every podcast. For right, me. it's been 41 episodes now. Yeah. I wonder what I think. Do I think it is? I'm I do. Yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to think if it, anything came close after, and I don't think so. So it's really between this and Translanticism. Translanticism, a great album. But like I said, his songwriting matured just enough where you get the li- little more, you know, the imagery's a little more subtle and, and just some of the most beautiful songs ever written, also. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is the one, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it is. I think their albums that come after this are pretty great too. I mean, really, they don't have, a, they don't have one where they like strike out at all, um, in my opinion. But this one yeah. just has, um, yeah, it has something about it, and I can't, but I can't like justify it where I would go. I mean, as mentioned, there's a couple songs on here that are some of my favorite songs ever, but there are songs like that from of theirs that are on other albums too. So it's not necessarily a song for song thing. I can't put my finger on it, but this album just has a feeling for me and it's, it's not all nostalgia. Takes you to a place. Yeah. It's not all nostalgia though, because I think that this, I think you could play this album for someone else like right now and still that had never heard it and they'd still be really impressed with it. So I don't think it's all nostalgia. Um, but man, yeah, I think it's their best for sure. Um, is it their most important album? That's, a better question. Either one of you want to jump into that? I would say probably not because especially, and I didn't know this before today, but knowing that this was their first major label release and transatlanticism was pretty successful. Um, I, I guess then I would say transatlanticism was, was probably more important because it's probably what got them yeah. on the major label. Oddly enough, um, 
I I wonder if really like because Postal Service came out between those two records, right? That's oh, that's right. That's uh, oddly right, enough, so. it's like Postal Service is their that most could important be record, which sounds like a really weird thing to say, but it's like that really did launch Ben Gibbard totally. into like a different level. And transatlanticism transatlanticism was big. This album was obviously bigger. It sold a lot more. I think it sold a lot more because of Postal Service, though. Yep. Right. Yeah, you're right. I think um, you're right. So I don't know that like normally the one that sold the most would be probably one of the things we'd consider in naming something their best out or their most important album because it, it launched them into a different level. Um, and, and certainly I will follow you into the dark is also a part of that. So, I mean, really it's a combination of that song and because that song's on this record, maybe you could say it's their most important record, but I still think transatlanticism is more gives an edge because for me, I didn't like them before transatlanticism. I don't like the, right. the photographs or whatever the album is before that. Yep. I don't like it. Um, I'm not into it. And transatlanticism changed my mind. I can't say transatlanticism tonight. Uh, it changed my mind about this band. And so to me, and I think that happened with a lot of people. I don't think for a lot of people, it wasn't that they me didn't too. like them. It was that they didn't, hadn't heard of them, but um, either way, that's a good thing to do is change people's mind. And they did that with me. So I'm going to give it the edge, but this is a really good one too. Um, awards, desert Island songs. Is it possible to pick two or three of your favorites? Pretty uh, hard. It's pretty hard. Uh, who wants to go? I'll go. Kyle's going for it. I'm going to go. Shoot. Okay. I'm going to go soul meets body. I'll follow you into the dark. And I think I'll go what Sarah said. Okay. Chris, do you have three? Yep. Two aligns, one non-align. Okay. Marching bands of Manhattan. I will follow you into the dark. What Sarah said. Uh, I'm going to line up with you on what Sarah said, obviously. I think I'm what Sarah said, brothers on a hotel bed and oh, wow. soul meets body. I know that seems weird hmm. to leave. I'll follow you into the dark, but like it is a wonderful song, but I have heard it more than the other songs because it did get played a lot. Okay. And while I love it, I if I had to choose between it and Brothers on a Hotel Bed, I think I'd pick Brothers on a Hotel Bed. So you're taking this Desert Island thing really seriously. I could probably I can basically I sing this song to myself. I don't need it on the island. Yeah, and Even I think I think the other yeah. thing like I'm getting really technical now. I'm not saying I wouldn't bring anything that was as simple as I will fall in the dark and just having an acoustic and vocal. But if I was really stranded on some sort of desert island situation You'd where I have music, guitar. I want to have things to analyze and listen to and be like, oh, listen to that reverb on the, you know what I mean? An acoustic guitar and vocal might not do it for me. Might not keep me entertained enough. Um, I'm getting super technical at this point with my personal, <laughs> my desert island that I'll die on because I don't have water. I've got songs, though, from the 2000s. So hooray. Uh, how about nobody's perfect? I mean, is there even five seconds of a song on this record that you would leave behind? <laughs> I'm not touching it. Not me uh, either. I wouldn't, I would not change a thing about this record. Um, not a track order, not a song, not a verse, not a bridge. It's all fantastic. And, uh, 
I can't, uh, I can't find a flaw in it, even though we laugh about him being <laughs> depressing. That's yeah. fine. Um, and yeah, it just had a vibe to it. Uh, grower, not a shower. What's a song you didn't like at first, but now love. Do you have one? I don't think what Sarah said was had was impactful as impactful on me when I first heard it as it is now. I, you know, young younger man. I don't think it just resonated with me as well. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, that's probably true for me too. I don't know. Like with Chris saying that, I'm like, yeah, that's. I I I think the same, but I also maybe shouldn't copy. You can. It's you fine. Can. Well, I was gonna say nothing until Chris said that. <laughs> now I'm tempted to copy, is what I mean. So, um, I think give into that temptation, Kyle. I think I'm going <laughs> right. stable song, yeah. and it's not because it's a bad song, but like the last track, those two tracks before it are, um, there's a lot more going on. They're probably more interesting songs, and so the last track, especially as kind of slow as it starts, it probably didn't grab my interest as much back then. Um, and so it didn't leave as much of an impression, but it ended. It's not like it was like skipping it, but, um, I think I definitely like it a lot more now than I did when the album first came out. But again, it's not like I was like, Oh, this is trash. Um, it's good. All right. Well, I guess that does it for us. So thanks for listening again. If you like what you hear, Consider giving us a uh, great review on iTunes. Glowing. Glowing. glowing review. Mm-hmm. It can be glowing. Uh, five stars. And of course, uh, subscribe. So new episodes just conveniently show up when we actually start doing them on a two-week basis again. Uh, now that we're all healthy, my computer works for the most part, even though logic just froze on me for a second. Uh, and, uh, and that way they just show up uh, and every two weeks. Uh, and you can send us your comments, disagreements, or suggestions to info at findingemopod.com or on any of the social media things at at finding emo pod uh but for now we'll catch you next time peace Bye.